0: Good morning, everyone. Today, B'zal HaShem, we'll be learning Daftat Zayin in Maseches Nadharm. We'll learn Lila Nishmas Rav Zev Ben Rav Alevi's at Sal Malinowitz, as always. We'll learn for Refuah Shlema to Maisha's grandfather, Nachman Mendel Ben Pesi, who's having surgery this morning. B'zal HaShem, may he have a speedy and full recovery. Okay. So the Mishnah all right, three lines up from the bottom of the test, velvet, and b's. We feel like we might be sl- sleeping right now. These sleep uh, mishnayas are very... <coughs> uh, right, are very uh, they resonate with us. But uh, the difference between this mishnah and the previous mishnah, you might have noticed, is that before we made a neder. We said, wait a minute. We can't make a neder on something that is not physical, like sleep. I mean, sleep is a physical activity, but it's not a physical object. Um, so we said, no, the, the nedar is on the eyeballs. Or Ravina said, no, we're talking about a dera banan. Okay, so that that made sense also. In other words, midar arisa, that's true. The distinction between the nedar and the shavur, but the chazal... They broadened the net and they said that we're going to take even the, right, insubstantial in the and we're going to say that those are uh, going to take effect as well as a form of a chumrah, I suppose. But here you're saying shvua. So this should really work. Says the Mishnah, shvua she'ini yashem. Right? So the guy is taking, uh, the way, the way, in English, the way we say it is an oath. Okay? As opposed to swearing as a neder and shuvah as an oath. Okay, <laughs> like the the nuance in English is lost on me too. But we we know the lumdus difference, right? That the shuvah is even on something that is insubstantial, it's going to work. Okay, she'ini medaber that will not speak, she'ini mihalach that will not walk, usr. Okay, so again, that's going to work. He's going to be forbidden by oath, as we call it, right? He's going to be forbidden even though, right, uh, speech and sleep and walking are not objects. The takes effect on the Gavra, right? takes effect on the individual. This is what the ron and the Russian had already explained. So it's going to work. Okay, now. Korban uh, lo'ocha lecha. Now, we already talked about this. These, these, these declarations that, that people make, right? Sometimes they'll say things that we have to figure out what it means. So here we're back to the Korban... Stuff, because as after all, it's as, as opposed to remember the distinction between korban and chulin. So korban lo ochalacha. Basically, we'll we'll figure out in the Gemara what this means. But korban, your korban, I shall not eat of yours. Or if you said a declaration of ha korban shochalacha, we'll see what this means in the Gemara. Ha korban, as we've discussed in the past, means something a little bit different. Just to tease out this nuance. There's two things that you might be saying when you mention a korban. You might be saying that this is usur to me the way a korban that is hekdesh is usur to me. Or you might be saying, just like any other object, like I swear on that chair, or I am making an oath on that chair, or I'm making an oath on that korban. And as we'll see in the Gemara, whether you say korban or ha, ha korban might give us leads as to one or another. All right, so Barry, we're getting up five in the morning, trying to figure out what does this guy mean when he's making the shua. So there could be a difference between carbon and ha carbon. In fact, there is a difference, as we will see. Okay, la, low carbon, lo o oh, We already discussed this the double negative, right? Um, and that says he's mutter. Um, you might already intuit that we're gonna try to figure out the Rabbi Huda Rabbi Mayer aspect of this, right? Because after all, you might recall. Rabbi Meir likes everything to be. He doesn't like to deduce. Lav Atalo He doesn't like to deduce uh, that when I say lo korban, I mean yes, chulin. He wants you to spell it out like ne gadu ne ruvein, right? Like the tney kofl. He wants it to be all spelled out completely. Don't make any deductions. So when it says over here mutter, so is this going to work? So mutter means he right that you made this double language, and it is not an effective shvuah or neder, right, because of the fact that this double language, so, so why would that be? It could be because of the fact that the double language turns into a positive, that's one possibility, that would be um, according to Rabbi Yehuda, or according to Rabbi Meir, it would be simply because you didn't spell it out, and therefore we're not going to extrapolate anything from what you said, and therefore it's going to be mutter because the shvuah doesn't work altogether. So... We have said too much. We explained this Mishnah inside, and now we're just going to read this little piece of Gemara on the top of Tezayim as Falls. This is the Gemara: Mani Mas Nisin, and the Gemara picks up on the last point that I made. Who whose opinion is in the Mishnah? Rebbe Meir. they think it's Rebbe Meir. Why? He Lashani Lay carbon, but carbon. Not because of the last piece, but this first piece. This first piece of the Mishnah. Well, meaning uh, the, the carbon part of the Mishnah. Yes. But not because of the low carbon low oh, halacha. the difference between carbon low oh, halacha and ha carbon she oh, halacha. According to Rabbi Yehuda, right, there's no dis- distinction between them because Rabbi Yehuda is going to understand both of them as inferring what? That ha carbon means that it's not chulin. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, he doesn't li- he doesn't take this little ha carbon distinction and t- mean something and allow it to mean something totally else. I'm gonna say this this way, Barry, and I hope I'm not gonna confuse it even further. Ironically, okay, Rabbi Yehuda, who's willing to infer more, right, is reading less into it, right? Sometimes there's a double side of inference. What I'm saying is if, I'm, if I am going to infer more, so then no matter how I say something, I'm going to say, well, I know what you mean, right? So there's a wider range of expressions that I can use where I know you mean that, that it's a korban and not kulin, right? That's Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda is willing to infer. Ironically, because Rabbi Mayer inf- <clears throat> excuse me is inferring less, so then he's taking everything literally. So then when you say ha korban instead of korban, he's going to say, oh, you must mean something else. In other words, he's not reading more into it. He's just being more literal about it. So when you say ha korban, then Rabbi Meir is going to be the one that's not going to, uh, read that's not going to infer rather he's going to read into it more and say oh you must say HaKorban because you mean by the life of this carbon." that is uh, the explanation of the Gemara here fascinating okay so now the question is if this is a so, asks the Gemara Ema lo LeKorban LoOchaLachaMoter <laughs> we already said that second part doesn't work according to Reb right Perhaps not we learned in the Mishnah Yud Gimel LeKorban Meir Oser right Reb explicitly had already said that when you say that, that it's usr, not mutter, as our Mishnah says. And there, and as we've already said many times, that the way we explained it, right, why do Rameyr say that it's usr? After all, it does require some implication to understand, to say that it's usr. So is Rameyr really going to go on a limb and, and say that he's inferring from that statement? The answer is yes that Nasaka Omer, as we've said before, that it's uh, understood, according to Rabbi Meir, as if he said the most explicit way. As if he's really spelling it out, Rachel bitcha haktana, right? Coming up from the Parashios. Is this a Dafyomi coincidence? Not yet. Anyway. Right, In other words, as we've said before, that it's the, when he says, lo it's as if he's saying, because it's a korban, therefore I will not eat it. Once you're that explicit, if Rabbi Abba, if what Rabbi Abba says is true, and that's really what we're understanding you as saying, so then of course it's very explicit, and even Rabbi Meir would say that that, um, that that nether would work. Okay, well, once you have that explanation of Rabbi Meir in the Mishnah on Yud-Gimel, so then why would you not apply it to our Mishnah over here? In other words, in the Mishnah on Yud-Gimel, Rabbi Abba understood that Rimei was so explicit that therefore the nether was, in fact, valid. So would Rabbi Abba see anything different about our Mishnah where it is not understood in that explicit way and therefore it's not valid, as our Mishnah says? The Gemara says, no, there's a difference between the Mishnah and Yudgimel and our Mishnah, lo what's the difference, says the Gemara? Ha the amar la korban, ha da amar lo la korban. Aha, okay, in the Mishnah Yud Gimel, he said la korban, one word. Right, one Lamid. So that can be interpreted as meaning like a carbon. That's what Rabbi Abba said. And that's why Rhameyor considers it effective. But here when he says low la lo carbon, so the low Habi carbon kamar. Okay, so there you can you could change exactly what we're saying. La carbon lo chalakha. He obviously if you change the just one letter it makes a difference as we've seen in these in these declarations. And therefore when he says low La Korban, it's very clear, according to mayor, that he's not, he's saying that it's not like a Korban, and it is for that reason. The Mayor says that it's not effective, and so the difference between La Korban and Lo la Korban is the distinction between the Mishnah Yud Gimel. On our Mishnah, when you say La Korban, it's going to work according to mayor. When you say Lo Le Corban, it will not. Very good. Okay, so we have the distinction between shvu and Nether. We have the uh, different aspects of korban, and we are ready to move on. Says the Mishnah. Okay, more uh, contrast between nether and shvu' as follows: Shvu'ah lo l'cha. Right, so you see the theme, Andrew. We're taking the same ideas and we're applying it to shvu'ah. So I'm now taking a shvu'ah that I won't eat your sandwich, Andrew. Ha shvu'ah she There, there again is the hey aleph, the word that means behold. Okay, I'm not going to eat of yours. Or, lo, shvua, lo ochelcha. And there again is a double negative. I am not making a shvua that will not eat of yours. In all of these, it's aser. Whoa. Wait. Shvua, lo ochel. Um, asr. That really works. Why would that work? In other words, it's like this. Um, the, the oath works, the rush, the very first rush over here, says, See, the, the question is that on daf Gimel, when it came to carbon and Mincha, when we said, yeah. we said that it's Mutter. So, so why is it us are here? So you say, yeah. That's the difference. In other words, before, right, we said, that when you make the double negative, it's positive and it's fine. Yeah, but that's only because that was, it was shayich to say b'chaye shvuah or b'chaye right, which is to say, when it's shayich to say, this is a very critical point in the rush in understanding of this particular Mishnah, it may seem subtle, but it's not. Whenever it's possible to say, by the life of this chair, by the life of this Torah scroll, I swear that I'm not gonna eat it, that's not going to be an effective nether. It's not going to be an effective nether because it makes no sense. It's a nonsensical statement. It gets thrown in the garbage bin and it's as if I said nothing. But what the mission is trying to teach us, and we may have missed it, but we, Rush teases, teases it out, is that it's usur that the Shavuot takes when you say it in a language even that could have otherwise been interpreted as by the life of this thing. Because of the fact that the Shavua is, in fact, intangible. It actually works, which is wild. That's what the Rosh is saying, right? It says, Because of the fact, and again, another layer of irony, Barry. So we're layering irony on top of irony. Because because it makes so little sense, right? in other words, when I say by the life of this chair, it doesn't make any sense, and we throw it out. But it makes enough sense that... I might have said that. In other words, people could say, "By the life of this thing," and in other words, it makes enough sense that that could have been what I meant. But it's ridiculous enough that we throw it out. A shrua makes so little sense that it could not have been what I meant, and therefore you reinterpret it as that as saying that I am in fact making a shrua. Do you understand? In other words, uh, so, right? It's it's a subtle point. If something, if okay. In other words, I guess I'll say it uh, clear. There's a difference between not making sense, okay, and being ineffective. Uh, I wish I had thought of an analogy of this beforehand. But the point is, if I say I swear by the life of this chair, it's, it's ineffective, but it's clear that I'm saying something with respect to I'm attaching my comment to this chair. Okay, so I'm attaching my comment to the chair, and we say that's not a thing. We're throwing it out, but we know what you meant. Right? You meant something that's ridiculous and we're throwing it out. Whereas when I say I, I am making a Shavua, right? if we thought you could have possibly meant, I swear by the life of this shvua, then we would have thrown it out. But because that can't possibly be what I meant because nobody says that, then what I must have meant is simply that I am making a shvua. In other words, that's the only thing that I could have meant. And therefore, it's valid, right? The only reason it's not valid in the case of when I say I swear by the life of the chair is because we think I might have actually meant that. I might have actually meant that I swear by the life of the chair. But nobody ever says, I swear by the life of a shvua because it's an intangible thing. And because nobody ever says that, that cannot be what you meant. So, so, so again, to make not a lot of sense, like I swear by the life of a chair... It's 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 a nonsensical statement, but at least we think that you might have meant it. It makes enough sense that we can at least interpret it that way, and that's why we throw it out. But to say I swear by the life of the Shua, shua nobody would even ever say that. So therefore, ironically, we bring it back to saying no. What he means is that he simply swears, and therefore it is valid. Okay, because he could not have meant that nonsensical thing because nobody even it makes so little sense that nobody would say it. Wow. Okay, so let's look at it in the Gemara now. So the Gemara. This implies that when you say ha right Right? That I will eat Right? Means not to eat Right? The ha Right? And this we've said already by Nadar In other words, when I say I'm making a Shvua With regards to your food What I mean is That I'm not going to eat your sandwich, right? Why would I make a Shvua That I will eat your sandwich? Um, it seems to imply that I'm making sure that I will not eat your sandwich, Ur minu. But look at this Mishnah in Mesechah Shruas. This Mishnah appears in Dafyatess and Shruas. Shruas Steim Shein Arba, right? That there are four different possibilities, right? Two types of, uh, right? Just like we say by Hotel Steim Arba, by Hotel Shabbos, there are two types of Shruas, the reality there's four. Okay? Two types of ways that you could say something, and it has four different kinds of implications. As follows, it says the Mishnah in Shavuos, Sheochel ochel, Sheachalti achalti. So there it is. You could say two in the present tense. Either I will eat now, or I will not eat now. Or that I did eat, right, in the past tense, or I did not eat. Okay. So those are the four different possibilities of what I could do with regards to eating uh, Andrew's sandwich and an oath. How so? <laughs> so what's happening here? That Mishnah says, Mitika'amr shalo she right? In other words, after saying that I will not eat, it then says another two possibilities in that mission shvuos of that I ate and that I did not eat. Sounds like Michal de lecha de achlina mashma. That seems to imply that after all, what are we saying in the mission shvuos? That saying that you can make a shvuah that I will eat and that I can make a shvuah that I will not eat. In other words. Our Gemara uh, started off by saying over here that whenever you say I'm making a Shavuah with regards to Andrew's sandwich, it's assumed that I'm making a Shavuah that I will not eat Andrew's sandwich. Says our Gemara, wait a minute. The of Shavuah says that you have to be specific. Are you going to eat it or are you not going to eat it? Right? So therefore, why are we assuming that any time I'm associating the activity of eating with the Shavuah, and Andrew's Sandwich, why are we assuming that I'm saying that I'm not going to eat it? We clearly see in the Masech that sometimes it's an indication that you in fact are going to eat it. Right? So it says the Gemara, Amar Sh'te'i l'shomashma. That when you say Ochel, it actually can be, mean either that I'm going to eat it or I'm not going to eat it. <coughs> However, and that would be what? It would be circumstantial. It would depend on the context. So for example, how you V'amar achlina achlina. Let's say, like my grandmother, Leah Shalom, used, used to force feed us, right? Whenever we came to the house. So, if they're per- pressuring me to eat, and he said, Alit, 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 v'su and he gets so intense that he makes a Shvuah to that regard, the Ahlina Mashma. Okay, then it sounds like he's making sure that he's going to eat, right? Because that's the context. Aval, Amar, lo achlina, lo achlina. But he says, no, Grandma, please, no, I can't, no, no. And then he makes a sure with respect to the food. So you see, Barry, it's, it's assuming that he's not going to eat. So everything's in context, Andrew. Did you have that kind of Jewish grandmother? Used to force feed you brisket and schmaltz on, on rye bread? Um, it got to be a lot. It got to be a lot. I, I was fed, that <laughs> She would say... <laughs> and it was chopped liver on challah. Oh, okay. So Andrew, let the record state, Barry, please write this down. It was chopped liver on challah. And he was fed, but not force-fed. With us, it was very different. She would say, oh my God, you're going to blow away in the wind. You're so skinny. What are you? Are you sick? Are you okay? you eat, 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 eat. And she would watch you, make sure that you kept eating and never stopped. So anyways. So the lo achlina ka'ama would mean, right? So it depends on the context. If you say, I'm going to eat, and then you make a shvua, then you're making a shvua in the positive sense. And if you're going to say, I'm not going to eat, and then you make the same shvua, basically shvua, shama, sh- all right, you mean that you're not going to eat it. That's one possible resolution. That's all context. Ravashi, however, amar, so that was Ambayeh. Ravashi Amr She'ochel Deshvua she'i ochel Kamar. See, he's Ravashi. It's, uh, it's good to be the chief editor of the Gemara, Barry. You could change the words, right? That when you say She'ochel, it means she'i ochel. You just put in an extra uh, word, a letter here, and you say that it means that he's not, that the Mishnah actually says that clearly that I'm not going to eat. Okay. Well, then the Gemara says, well, Im Kain, according to Ravashi's right, text emendation, then pshita, Lameimer, what are you teaching us? He said, I'm not going to eat, so of course it means that I'm not going to eat. So the Gemara Ma'od, the Tema, Meikam Lishnahi, right, <laughs> you might have thought that it's a yeshivish way of saying it. In other words, when I say she'i Ochal, I might just say like an extra oy to, say, to sound yeshivish, right? Meikam Lishnahi means like a, a little bit of a, a, of a funny way of saying it, right, that it's sort of like a um, dialect of sorts, the Itkille Right? Because he's like stumbling over it. Right? Instead of saying Ochel, he's saying Eichel, or he's saying Eichel, or whatever, you know. kamash No. That we are going to read it. When you say ochel. we're gonna uh, we're going to interpret it literally. Okay? And we're interpret it literally, which is to say that he's actually saying I'm not going to eat, and it, we're not going to assume that it's just a funny way of speaking. Fine. Now, why would Abaye not hold the Ravashi, and why would Ravashi not hold like Abaye? Says the Gemara, Abaye lo Amar to do Laktoni shei ochel. Yeah, Abaye doesn't hold like Ravashi because that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah doesn't say shei ochel; it says she ochel. so why would Ravashi be compelled to not hold like Abaye? That's in context. For nadei Tam da Abaye. The reason why he avoided Abaye's reasoning is Kesavah shelo ochel navi mash mishtei Yeah, because when, even when he says. I literally will not eat, can also have two L'shonas with a circumstantial. Right? Don't forget. <laughs> we're, tr- we're saying that one of them is circumstantial and the other one is not. But Ravashi is saying, well, why would that matter? Circumsta- everything is always circumstantial. And therefore, the distinction must be that there's a different distinction. Not circumstantial, but linguistic. But let's see it inside. So for example, <laughs> let's say, I'm at my grandmother, and she's force-feeding me. I say, I will not eat. And then I attach a shvua to it. Right? And whether I say I'm making a shvua that I will eat or I'm making a shvua that I will not eat, this this uh situation sounds like um, like um Andrew, you know and I know where that rye bread with shmaltz is going. right? We're going to be eating this thing. so So one way or another, because of the circumstance, I've been going to my grandmother's in, um, right in um, Brighton Beach every Sunday now for three years and every Sunday uh, that rye bread with shmatz has eventually ended up being eaten so everybody knows where it's headed so therefore it doesn't matter what I say even if I make a shavua it's sort of like implied and understood yes I'm going to be eating that okay so it's, that's the circumstance okay hadin shlo and it can, it's also possible to say that a shavua that I'm not going to eat, or that I will eat, rather, shavua delo achlina right? Is, is, is going to be interpreted as, I will eat it. Which is to say that why would our and again, like we said before, our mission to discuss is only a case of she'ochel. But really, this ambiguity is built into circumstantial scenarios, both in the she'ochel and the lo she'ochel case, And Ravashi is simply saying, if what we wanted to learn was context, if that was the lesson of our Mishnah, we would have uh, taken care to mention it both in the low uh, Ochal case and in the Ochal case, right? Because it would apply equally to both. And therefore, the fact that we're only applying it to the ochal, Ochal case is, seems to me that we're teaching something else. Because if we were teaching the circumstantial Vart, it would actually only confuse us by mentioning it in the context of Ochal and not mentioning it in the equally applicable context of Lo ochl. Therefore, he thinks it's not the context lesson that we're learning here. Rather, it's a linguistic lesson that we're learning. Okay. So now, finally, just to bring Ravashi's point home, Elatana Pascha, the, the, right, the Tana of the Mishnah in Shvuas, he was establishing a psak, an unequivocal, an unequivocal idea. She ochel That when you say she ochel has to mean I'm going to eat. V'shel lo When you say lo ochel, it means I will not eat, and that it's not circumstantial, right? So the only way, therefore, to resolve the contradiction between shruus and our mishnah is to say this linguistic shot that Rav Ashi said. Okay, fascinating. Yes, so now we're in the mishnah at the bottom of Tazayin of and we say like this. I'm telling you, Barry. It's got, that thing went around Baltimore. This this six week long cough. But you may have a forced lema, and uh, and be very comfortable. Okay, that uh, it's a dry cough, it's a dry non productive cough. Okay. Shmishna. <coughs> See now it's now I'm just thinking about it, it makes me cough. Okay. Zechomer b'shvuos b'nedarim. Okay. This is the locus classicus, Andrew. We've quoted this many times. I'm going to learn a little bit of Lambdas over here, beautiful idea, right? This is what we've talked about before. How is shvuas, right, more stringent than the Dharm? So that's everything that we have learned until now, right? That even in abstract things, a shvuah would work. So you could say, right, based on the previous Mishnah, you could say that even a shavua, that, uh with regards to sleep, I don't have to ascribe it to my eyeballs, to a khafta. I could say... Uh, I could say, I will not sleep, I will not walk. If you make it in the context of a Shvuah, it works. And therefore, that is an area where Shvuah is more stringent than a Dharm. However, what is the greater Khumra in the Dharm of a Shvua? So, So we said, we'll say it outside first because we've already learned it. So when it comes to a Shvuah, because it could go in the abstract, <coughs> I can never say, Let's say with respect to sukkah, and we're going to read it inside. With respect to a sukkah, remember we said it was at the end of yesterday when, when, when the husband was, or the wife was there hana'ah, right, one from the other. When it comes to sukkah, let's say, to a mitzvah, I could never make a shvua not to do a mitzvah. That's, that's a shvua against what has been prescribed in the Torah. That's because it works, because you have the stringency that it works on the abstract. So now I can actually... Um, I can actually uh, say that my self cannot do a mitzvah, which is something that would never be allowed, right? Because obviously I'm mushba already from Har Sinai to yes, do the mitzvah. And therefore, the fact that I can obligate or not obligate my own self by virtue of a shavuah means that I, ha- I, have no author- I have the authority to put the shavuah onto my own self but not with regards to anything that I've already promised that I'm going to do based on the Torah, and that I will not take. Okay, now the flip side of it is that when you're making a neder, that's only on a physical object. So watch this. Okay, I can't make a neder that I'm not going to sit in the sukkah because the neder that's an abstract thing, and therefore that neder doesn't hold. But I can make a neder that I'm not going to get a na from all of the right physical components of the sukkah. Because that nether is actually on the physical components. Whoa. Well, now that I've made a nether that I can't get enough from it, now I can't sit in the sukkah. So I've worked out a loophole by putting the nether on the actual physical component of the sukkah. And I'm saying, it's not me. It's you, right? <laughs> it's not. I'm not putting a nether on myself. I, I I would love to sit in the sukkah. But this sukkah I have made also to me and therefore I can no longer sit in it. Now, when you do it, you do it on the of the sukkah. What about mitzvah slav, and the henna snetnu? I've said too much. I teased it. I teased it, Andrew. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, how is this going to work? Ketzat. Amar, konam sukkah shani oiseh. Right? I made a nether that this sukkah, the physical sukkah that I made, I can't have any hana from it. Okay? That's the implication over here. Or lulav shani noitel, right? Konam on the lulav that I'm going to take. Or konam on the do on even shani maniaf. See what this guy's doing? So it says the Mishnah bin Adarim Asr. right? That's going to be Asr in the case of Adarim because I put it onto the object and by so doing, now I can't have enough from this object. However, Bishwa is mutter. But if you said it in the Lashon of a then certainly it would be a nonsensical statement. We would throw it out. And therefore, of course, you could put on your tefillin. Of course, you could sit in the Sukkah. She'en Nishbah and Lavor ala Mitzvahs because you can't make a Shvua to not perform a Mitzvah. That is thrown out. You're already Mishba Mehar Sinai. To perform said mitzvahs. Okay. Amazing. Now, says the Gemara, as we turn to Tazaina with this, Chomer call the Mishva, Since the Mishnah is saying, right, that it's a Chomer, right, Corbin, I will not eat of yours is a neder, it implies that it's treated less Chomer than, than what the Shvua version would be. But wait a minute. It says the Gemara, Vahamutta Katani, right? Well, we already learned in the Mishnah at the end of the last, of yesterday, of Tesvav and right, that if a person says, Karban, right, I will not eat, he's permitted to eat it. So, it's not an adder either. So, what's going on here? So, the Gemara just basically has to explain our mission the way that I explained it originally when I read it, which is, Asifa the Katani. Now, our Mishnah is saying that with respect to the end of the last, which is to say, <laughs> that's how I, I read it uh, intuitively like that. When I said, <laughs> I, I remember when I said that, I said, this, is, uh, this really belongs kind of like to the previous, it's referring to the previous Mishnah. Well, that's basically what our Gemara is saying here, that we've just discussed the difference, right? The distinction, well, up until now, we talked about the Chomer of Shavuos over Nadar, right? So that's what we're saying. And now we're introducing where the neder would be more Chomer than Shavuos, right? So it's referring on the previous Mishnah, right, where we said over there we said that if you make a shvuah to that effect, it would be aser. So it's referring to that. In that context, a shvuah is more Chamer than Adarim, right? It is that which we're referring to. We're not referring to the Ochel case, we're referring to the beginning of that case where we're talking about the shvuah on the abstract things of sleeping, eating, and walking where you're, or sleeping talking and walking, I should say, and sleepwalking or whatever. So, according to those, uh, in those contexts, since they are non-physical things, that is where the Shavua is going to be. And it is in that context that a Shavua is more chamer than a nether. But now that we get down to business, we're going to talk about ways the Dinnish and are more chamer than Shavua as follows. So now two dots, four lines down. That's how I am in the Kesad. So, so. Okay, so if Kana thought that Rav Gidl quoted Rav, if Tav Yumi thought that Rav Gidl quoted Shmuel, be that as it may, what was the question? lavar Where do we know that when you make a shvua, you cannot make said shvua in a way that would transgress a mitzvah? Right? When do we know that you can't make a shruba that you're not going to sit in the sukkah Tamad Lomar, Lo Yachel Devaro? When a person makes a shwa, right, you have to look at the Pasuk. Right? Ishki Dor Nedilashem The Gavar is gonna ask, wait a minute. <laughs> that Pasuk brings up both a nether and a shvua. Okay, so let's take it slow. But you see, right? So I'll just read the Pasuk, it's by Midbar Lamid, right? Pasuk Gimel. Okay, so you has to be an actionable shvua or a nether. You can't violate it. You've made a nether or you've made a shvua, right? However, what's going on here? That when that which you are swearing, right, is something that you have created an isser with your language, with your words, it is that that you cannot Violate. Right? That is, as the Ron explains, the iser um, to violate what you said is only if it's a self imposed iser. And we've said this already, right? The only thing that you'd be violating would be as if you're violating something which previously was mutter, but with your words, you've restricted yourself in some way, right? But if the Torah already told you to do something or not to do something, then that's not within your jurisdiction to make mutar or That's already been predetermined at Harsinai. And those things you cannot change. That's what the right, Gemara is saying with respect to Shavuos. However, the Gemara then points out, Mishnah Neder. nether, right? That pasuk, that, that idea is not exclusive to Shavuos. It's also applicable to nether. After all, the, the pasuk, literally the same pasuk, says this concept, both res, with respect to nether and with respect to shvuah. Right, says the Gemara. It's the same pasuk. So this idea that you, the only thing that you can't violate is something which is self-imposed. Right, that idea applies both in the Darm and Tishrus, as we've seen. Says the Right, so this is, um so this is the idea. Okay, that we've said before that you that you're not uh, that you're not allowed to make such a shavuah because you're transgressing something that you've been before, okay? So it's not unique to shavuahs, okay? So Amar <laughs> So therefore, the question is, though, with regards to the nadarim, so what's the question? Uh, I, I skipped it. I'm, I'm going, I didn't skip it, but before we move on, I, I didn't explain what the question is. The question is, as we've said, with nadarim, it actually works that when you ascribe it to nadarim, we just said, that you're going to actually effectuate a situation where you cannot bring the lulav. You cannot put on the tefillin. You cannot go into the the sukkah. How could that be? The very pasuk, this is the question, the very pasuk that teaches you that you can't do that by shvuah teaches you that you also cannot do so by nadarim. So what is the mechanism by which you are actually... So we already know that by shvuah you can't cancel those mitzvahs of sukkah and lulav or any other mitzvah. So... Why is it that by Nadarim you can? Didn't we say the same thing by Nadarim that we said by Shavuah, that it's only on things that you've self-imposed the Isser on? So how could you, with a nether, cancel the, the mitzvah of Lulav and Sukkah HaTzvashom? Says the Gemara, This is similar to what we said at the end of yesterday. Huh. The, the, the husband or the wife tell each other, oh, I'm not, I know I have the, the mitzvah of Oh no, I know I have that obligation. I'm not saying, I'm not relinquishing of that obligation. It happens to be, <laughs> I'm, I am um, dissociating myself from the Hana. Ah, you can't have the Hana without the obligation, so it's, it's like a loophole, right? You said that the Hana'a sukkah, right? You, you're targeting the sukkah itself, the physical object. When you do that, so when you say, Hada Amash, so when you say that, when you say, Hada Amash, Wash, Allah, in the sukkah, That's a gavra issue, right? When you make a shvur, then you're not going to have enough from the sukkah. That you're not allowed to do because that's a gavra thing. But when you say hanas sukkah alai, that is a hefza thing. Now you're putting that shvur on the, not on the act of sitting in the sukkah, but on the physical sukkah itself. And so it it actually creates a scenario where even though you're not allowed to make a shvur, not to sit in the sukkah, you've created a default scenario where you can't sit in the sukkah because you canceled the sukkah. You didn't cancel the mitzvah on yourself, but you canceled the sukkah. Maybe you could go to a different sukkah, but you cannot go to that one. Okay, so you've canceled the mitzvahs for that one. So that's what Abya means when he says, That is when you're doing a nether, targeting the cheftza, right, the sukkah itself. And that's the one that you cannot do. So that's where Rava and Abya are discussing in the base medicine. and Ravah says, Okay. Ah, finally there it is. He says, What do you mean? Now, Barry, let's let's be clear here. When we say mitzvaslav the henasnitnu, what does that mean? Does that mean that I always thought, right, as a Balabatish right, we always think mitzvastav the hennasnitu, we would do the mitzvah even if there was no enjoyment in it. But does mitzvaslav the mean nitnu, means that there is no enjoyment in it? After all. Right? Many mitzvahs are very enjoyable. Sitting in the sukkah, in particular, we just mentioned, this past sukkah in, in Eretz Israel was no greater joy than that. I mean, sukkah in Eretz Israel, is there a greater hana in the world? I think not. And so, what do you mean mitzvah slav the Does that means that they are not enjoyable? Or does it mean that they're not meant for enjoyment? I would have thought they're not meant. That's not the reason you're doing it. So what's saying? In other words, Ravva's statement only makes sense if you say that they're not enjoyable. So this is where the Echoronim come in, and they have to say, it must mean that he was talking not about the hana of the experience, because after all, the experience of sitting in a sukkah has a lot of different components. Some of them are not related per se to the mitzvah. The aspect of sitting in the mitzvah, in the sukkah, and having an amazing time is a physical component that you're experiencing that's tremendous hana, but maybe not the actual uh, hana of the mitzvah itself. Be that as it may, What's Rava trying to say? When he says that mitzvahs love, love, he's saying it, obviously, right, um, rhetorically. Mitzvahs lahenes nitnu, he means clearly we know that mitzvahs love lahenes nitnu. And once we're saying it that way, so then the point is, when I say I can't have Hana from that sukkah, then I'm actually not making a nether on anything substantial at all because the sukkah is a mitzvah and therefore has no component of hanah hana in it. That's what Rava is trying to say. And therefore, there isn't any tangible hana in the sukkah that's related to the mitzvah. And therefore, I should still be able to sit in the sukkah because there's no hana in it. Since mitzvah is lavla and snitnu, were I to, right, renounce any hana from the sukkah, I should still be able to sit in it. Because it's true that the providing shade and that I'm enjoying it, but I'm, but I can't zero in on the hana of the mitzvah of the sukkah, okay? And that is what Rava is saying. El so he has to revise a little bit of baya. He says, Amar Yeshiva Sukkah Yeah. In other words, what he's, forbid, what he's forbidding on himself is sitting in the sukkah. He's targeting the object, but he's saying the, not the mitzvah sukkah, but the sitting of the sukkah. The hana of the sitting of the sukkah certainly is there, right? And therefore, Vahad Amar Shvur so, where you say a shvuah, that I'm not gonna sit in the sukkah. So, that you can't do, because when you target the person, so then you're violating the mitzvah. But when you target the actual sukkah itself, and you isolate, not the mitzvah, but the hanav, actually sitting in it, that's gonna work. That nether is actually gonna work. Right? So, so just explaining again, the Gemara, says shpan lavar mitzvah, But wait a minute, what about the fact that you can't make a shvuah to violate? Where do you learn that? From a different source. It might be thought that if you swear to violate a mitzvah and then you don't violate it, that you should be chayev, right? Chayev a korban. Chayev a korban of lo yachel. You said you made a shavua that you're going to revatel a mitzvah and then in the end you said, right, you made a shavua, you're not going to put on tefillin, then you put on tefillin. You might have thought... That you have to, what, bring a carbon because you might have thought that the shvua took, right, that it was a valid shvua and that by putting on Tefillin, you violated said shvua. Talmud Lomar, as we arrive at Yudzai, and Andrew's eyes pop out of his head. I can't believe we're seeing tomorrow's daft today. Okay, too much of a good thing. Don't worry, we'll just get to the mission and then we'll leave you alone. Talmud Lomar, LaHaro <laughs> le'etiv, right? That's what we said. We learned that when it says to do bad or good, that the shvua has to be an actionable item. Right, where it's actionable at, based off of your own words, which is to say <laughs> that you have effectuated either an iser or an obligation, not something that's already previously determined from the Torah. Only when it's your self-imposed obligation or iser does it take. So Mahatava rishos hara rishos, whether it's to take upon yourself uh, hatava, or take a hatava, take an obligation upon yourself, or to ask yourself something. All of these are, have to be discretionary, right? It's only if it's voluntary that it's actually meaningful. To exclude the idea of a mitzvah. Because these mitzvahs are not your discretionary. These mitzvahs are compulsory. That's why it's called a mitzvah, Andrew. Mitzvah means mitzvah, that you're commanded to do it, okay? So therefore, that is why you need to learn that pasuk as well. So lahara holahetiv is one source. And the other source is the, yach, is, the, is the lo yachel. Those are two different psukim. Why do you need both? Ch'ad kor shvua. Ch'ad in lav Gamar finally finishes off by saying the reason why you need both psukim is to show you that if you're doing a, uh, if you're making a neder or a shvua, let's say you're making a shvua, right, uh, in this context, because we're learning about this uh, aspect of the shvua. When you're making a shvua on something which was already mushbu you're not going to have to write Fulfill that Shavua because we're going to throw it out. Nor will you have to bring a korban for violating the Shavua because the Shavua has been tossed because you made it on something that was already mushba from beforehand. So we'll resume tomorrow. Be'zrat Hashem. On the Mishnah. On Yadzayan Amaralav.